Welcome all to this episode of this podcast series on the subject of specialist bar associations, one of the latest podcast series run by the Bar of Ireland. My name is Ali Ziad, I'm a practicing barrister and I'm very pleased to be your host for this podcast. Our aim is to explore some of the different specialist bar associations, the areas of the law they cover, some recent developments in that area of the law, and the raison d'etre, as it were, of whatever association we're dealing with. The one question that I might pose and be so bold as to answer myself is what a specialist bar association is. The Bar of Ireland is home to a number of specialist bar associations, each being a vibrant hub of activity that facilitate the exchange and advance of specialist knowledge and expertise through conferences, seminars, papers and periodicals, whilst at the same time promoting the Bar of Ireland as a specialist provider of advocacy and legal advice services across a range of practice areas. With that in mind, we now turn to the Construction Bar Association, and I'm very pleased to introduce our guest for today's show that's here to represent the association, Mr. Barra McCabe, Barrister at Law. Barra is, of course, a practicing barrister. He was called to the bar in 2015. He is a highly decorated individual with an alphabet worth of qualifications after his name. In his life before the bar, he was an asset manager and a chartered surveyor. And of course, most importantly, for today's purposes, he is the secretary of the Construction Bar Association. A very warm welcome to you, Barra. Thank you, Ali. Now, I guess the best place to start off the podcast is to ask you, Barra, what your journey to this area of the law was. Yeah, uh, well, it, it's, it's, I suppose, it's kind of an interesting story from my personal point of view. My original background is in, is in property and I'm a, I was a charge surveyor and still am for about 17 or 18 years. Uh, I'm also a qualified valuer, but when I came down to the bar, one of the one of the bits of advice that I got uh, from some senior counsel was to try and uh, specialize as quickly as possible. Um, while I'm very useful looking, I'm I am a bit older, and uh, you don't necessarily have the time when you're older to get all the general experience and have a general practice, especially you've got if you've got something else in your back pocket, a previous career, previous line of work. So the advice was try and get something that's associated with property. Construction is a logical association with property. Before property is property, it has to be built. So that's where construction is. Um, and I approached uh, now Mr. Justice Sanfi in the High Court, who was then the chairperson of the Construction Bar Association. Um, and I asked him, could I could I join the committee? And he said, look, he said, um, you know, do, do a talk, do a presentation, CPD and so on and so forth, which I did. I did a talk for the annual conference, the CBN conference that year, which is about 2018, I think. And uh, then I, I, I joined on our uh, Tech Talk program originally, and I since then rotated to secretary and I'll probably move on next year to another position within the committee. But, uh, you know, it's a group of like-minded people. You get a, a mix in terms of experience and qualifications and whatnot. People are working in different areas of construction law. So it's, it's a great idea and it's a great networking opportunity. And that's the main thing. Um, so that's my journey in terms of coming into Construction Bar Association. I mean, prior to that, I was, like I say, I was working in the commercial property sector and I enjoyed matters in relation to titles, title issues and uh, leases and occupation leases and all that kind of stuff, which are all legal documents, as you know. Um, so I started studying barrister to have another another uh, string in my bow. And then at that stage, and while I was studying, I decided to take the jump from being a surveyor into becoming being called the bar. And that's how I ended up here. I, I, I would just like to ask you, what does the area of construction law cover in practice. And you've mentioned some of that already, um, but if you could give us a little bit more detail 
as to what that means in practice as a barrister. Yeah, no, absolutely. So so construction law is kind of an interesting one because uh, a lot of construction law is actually uh, not done via litigation. It's a ADR, alternative dispute resolution. So you have uh, conciliation, arbitration, uh, adjudication, mediation, uh, and settlement, obviously, to sort of negotiation. So a lot of a lot of construction disputes historically have gone private between private contractors have gone through the arbitration route. Um, public uh, contracts usually go through conciliation and then arbitration. And more recently, then we have a, a huge expansion since the lockdown in the area of adjudication, which uh, comes under the, and I'm sure we'll come to it in more detail later on, the Construction Contracts Act uh, 2013. And that really kicked in during the lockdown. Uh, and there was a particular reason for that, which I'll get into, into for a moment. But that's kind of one area, one area of construction law. Then you have the whole issue around, you know, large, uh, also it's usually, it's based on contract law. I mean, construction law is an offshoot of contract law. It's that simple. It's all to do with disputes over construction contracts and, and all the very specific uh, provisions and terms and conditions therein. Because um, there's a non- number of different types of standard contracts across the construction sector. Then you, you then you get for somebody coming into it maybe at the start because the the ADR is kind of you know it's it's very specialised. You'll find people like me maybe who worked in a different area before did some of that through a different profession. Maybe you have building surveyors, quantity surveyors, engineers, all those kind of professionals, architects before they came to the bar. They might be involved in ADR in a, a different capacity. But for younger practitioners coming in, there's plenty of opportunity to enter it via just down in the circuit court. Somebody builds an extension in their house. And they fall out with their builder, you know, there's no contract or there's a letter of intent or blah, 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 dispute over somebody walking off site, dispute over somebody not finishing the works or not doing too much from the quality and all those kind of different provisions. And they're all litigation. They're all in the circuit, many in the circuit court, especially where there's no arbitration clause, which there is often not in a smaller uh, construction contract. So, so So there's two routes there. And then. Uh, obviously, there are disputes over the arbitration clause. You get massive commercial disputes, and there's a specialist for the the uh, the arbitration, whether matters should go to arbitration or not. Um, I mean, the the biggest one you would have heard of, you hear a lot of them in relation to the Children's Hospital, where there's a big dispute there. That was one big one. That's a massive one, you know, in terms of the contract and. Um, uh, how it's formed and all the disputes that arise out of that, and sometimes parties use it. Well, often they use litigation or uh, arbitration ADR as a strategy in terms of speeding up or slowing down the work and so on and so forth. So there's all these things going around, but it's a very interesting area of, of law. And more recently, then you've got um, you have a, we have a, our colleagues in the in the uh, in the Climate Bar Association. Well, there's obviously a crossover between that and construction law, and there's a crossover between the planning bar. And the construction bar because before you build something you've got to get planning permission for it and so on and so forth so there's loads of crossover there's loads of crossover what are uh, three main legal developments in this area of practice in recent years now if you've mentioned a good few uh, different avenues of the law that intertwine with construction however just for the sake of listeners coming to this who may be from the outside looking to dive into it in a more recent sense what would those three main legal developments be good question i think um i i touched on one earlier on which is the the explosion i suppose in claims that are done through the construction contracts act 2013 which is basically a form of adr called adjudication and adjudication is is uh the color of justice but it's very very much a speedy mechanism for subcontractors to get money until the larger disputes can be resolved. I mean, that's effectively what that is. 
and it's a very specified time periods, you know, seven days, 28 days, so on and so forth. It's all wrapped up in a very short period of time. And normally what happens is there's a, uh, an adjudicator from who's drawn from a, a board of appointed adjudicators and um, they decide in terms of whether the money should be paid or what kind of money should be paid out and uh, then the the idea thereafter is that that will eventually go into arbitration which is much more detailed form for construction disputes so that had very little take up before the lockdown i think there was something like three or four adjudications uh, before the lockdown and then what happened, obviously, with all the cash flow issues in terms of construction sites closing down with the lockdown, you know, companies going to the wall or near going to the wall, and they had contractual obligations with their main contractor and so on and so forth, and they weren't paying out because nobody else was paying them, the usual knock-on effect. Well, then all these subcontractors, in order to survive, had no choice but to go for adjudication just for cash flow purposes. So basically, that that form of ADR exploded. So that, that, was, that was a big one. Um, I think another another big in terms of sort of the, the the legal side of another big issue is the appointment of a specialist judge in this area or judges in this area and the most notable one there is um, uh, Mr Justice Simons um, who'll be talking at our annual conference in May and he's basically taken over that that list in relation to these kind of uh, disputes and uh, and in relation to both planning but also uh, adjudication. And so on and so forth. So that that's a that's that's a big area. Well, I suppose the third thing is is I suppose changes in climbing stroke planning stroke construction. So that's going to be a massive change in terms of how we build and how construction occurs and uh, the knock on effect and the disputes that will arise out of that and all the different standards and new regulations that are coming in. Uh, BCAR was the last one that was in terms of how buildings are certified under building regulations, but the the new Climate Change Act now that's going to have a knock on effect both in terms of planning and in terms of how things are actually built as well, because they obviously have to comply with the planning. So I think that's the sort of the three big areas that are, are happening at the moment. Now you've you very much touched on my next question, Barry, which is how technology or COVID and external forces in general, how have they impacted on the area of practice? And in, in many respects, you've answered that question already. But the one part that uh, perhaps you might give us some small bit of information on is the technology element as, as with any of the other forms of sort of uh, litigation that are going on at the moment the the court system has been been changed obviously uh, arising out of the the lockdown and um you know you have remote hearings and all this kind of stuff as well so um there's a virtual element being introduced there's, a, there's there. a virtual element coming in absolutely and and you know in these uh construction disputes you, you get large amounts of paper i mean large we can imagine in terms of all these um different contract, contractual documents, specifications, plans, drawings, et cetera, et cetera. And you can have this massive amount of, of, of papers and stuff. So what's happening is a lot of that's moving into also into things like, uh, you know, in terms of um, like TriView, for example, systems like that there where all the all the paperwork is, is uploaded on a technology basis. So then you have both remote hearings and um, you know, and all the documents going in. I know Mr. Justice Simons, a lot of his books from, but, when he's doing stuff himself in online and stuff so he's looking at his books and he refers to books as he's hearing um different disputes and stuff he has them all to hand so, so are we are we are we anticipating the end of the banker's box not quite yet not quite i don't yet. <laughs> i don't think so i don't think so um 
maybe it'll just be less put into bankers boxes. Of course. <laughs> but uh, no, I, man, I I do think like it, it's it, there's a bit of getting used to it um, uh, for sure um, because you know it's just a different way of navigating around it. But we all know know that from researching online and that kind of stuff. Um, some some people love having the physical book or papers in their hand. So there's you know there's a, there's a cultural change to happen, but it is starting to happen and. I think the the lockdown is has been a catalyst for that. It's interesting how COVID has had such an impact, such yeah. an impact, even how it's related with technology now, and it's pushed that quite a bit. N- no, for sure, for sure. And um, I think I think at the start it was like people were a bit uh, you know taken taken a sort of a bit short in terms of how, how things would work, and they feared it at the start, you know, because they thought they'd it was mean a loss of work or not being in court, and how would they experience the. The culture of being in court, especially when you're starting out and this kind of stuff. And no, like I know it's where I where I sit in an open plan room and I see I can hear in the morning the different uh different devils, you know, doing all their lists and whatnot in the morning and um, and they're fine. I mean, they're still there and then for something that that, that requires them to be on their feet in the court, they, they still get that exposure. So um I think different horses for different courses, some things won't work on a you know remote basis, they just won't in terms of Obviously, the obvious one being examination and cross-examination witnesses and all that kind of stuff. And lay litigants as well is another one. That's another one because you can't expect every lay litigant Absolutely. to have as use as we are to, to use in technology. So where there's te- lay litigants, I think you'll find uh, in general they will you know, probably be uh, heard in person, that kind of stuff. So, yeah, for sure. It, it's been a catalyst. There's been a fear at the start. I think people are not getting used to the idea. And I think they're embracing it. And I think it's not a bad thing. Absolutely, a blended approach, as it were. A blended approach, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. The next question, Barrett, is in relation to EU law developments in this area. And EU law appears to be quite significantly more overbearing in certain areas and not so much in certain areas. Is Does it have that presence in the area of construction? Um, well, uh, I think a lot of the regulations around construction um, actually originally came from a, a British standard, actually, is, is where it comes, and an international standard in terms of the type of contracts that are there. Um, I think a lot of the legislation that will affect construction comes uh, through planning and through, again, we touched on it before, it's, 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 it's a common theme these days, but sort of the, the climate change and all that kind of stuff that's coming through. The Climate Change Act, for example, uh, has focused on the construction sector. I think I'm correct in saying that in terms of um, generation of you know greenhouse gases and stuff, I think the, the the built environment is put in around twenty or thirty percent. So, like that's a large chunk. I know agriculture is the largest, and so on and so forth. But so there's a big, there's a lot of work to be done uh, around that, and that's all coming from Europe. Um, you have your uh, B. Everybody's familiar with the idea of a B or cert uh, in terms of their houses and all that kind of stuff. That all comes from Europe originally, um, in terms of environmental standards, and I think that will follow on through d- uh, different areas in terms of the commercial sector as well. Um, you know, uh, agricultural buildings, industrial buildings, all that kind of stuff. So um, I think between the, the changes in planning law uh, and what you may not know is the planning, the planning act at the moment, the the, the two thousand act is amended. That's going over. That's a, having a massive overhaul uh, at the moment on the, the, the current attorney general. And there's a number of our senior members of the bar here are working at that at the moment, almost full out. I hear so that's going to have a huge knock-on effect in terms of um, what's coming from Europe. Um, and compliance and all that kind of stuff, uh, and uh, so I think I think that's kind of the main way it's gonna it's gonna come into construction is is, is the planning system and uh, the the climate change uh, legislation.
there's always environmental law legislation as, as well. It's a big one. That that's a lot of that's to do with uh, in terms of the you know SDI, special areas of conservation, all that kind of stuff. That doesn't so much affect um, construction so far as like before you actually zone an area. You know these these parts of environmental law kick in, but there is things like disposable rubbish, all that kind of stuff, disposing of products coming from the construction site and all the things associated with the the end the end part. They talked about the sort of the circular the circular economy. And that's the idea there in terms of construction as, you know, the, the, the materials at the start, as much as that can be recycled and you work your way all the way through, through the planning, through the actual uh, spec in the building. Then you build the building, obviously, then you tear the building down or you, you upgrade over its lifespan. Then you tear it down at the end and then it's disposed of and how much of those materials can be reused again and so on and so forth and how the buildings can be upgraded. So that's the whole sort of circle, circular life of the building and stuff. And, uh, you know, so there's a, whole, there's a whole lot of capacity there. To a lot of inter- interconnected parts. For sure, yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting that you mentioned that the, it, the, P, is it the PDA 2000 and there's been calls for that to be uh, to be overhauled in some respect for for quite some time now, as I, as, I, as I understand it. And is there an expectation that that might be at least on the tracks? But th- that is happening at the moment. That is happening at the moment under the current, well, it's actually the AGU's taking it in hand at the moment. And there well, I think something there's something like 300 or maybe 400 and something sections to the current Planning Development Act, which the original, originally was drafted in 2000 and obviously has been amended since then over the years. But like any piece of legislation that was significant to start with, when you add on chunks and it grows organically and so on and so forth uh, to meet different uh, requirements, it becomes a bit unwieldy and that's that's what happens. So that is actually an ongoing project at the moment, I think, and I, I think it's going to be a new uh, planning development bill, I think next year is, is the idea. But there are actually senior council in here working on that, I've heard, almost full time on, on that. Music so, to many people. Yeah, years. yeah, for sure. So that, that, that'll that be, that's that's a big one. The other one that's, that was enacted this year is the Maritime Planning Act. I know it's more planning law, but like I said, there's a lot of crossover. And uh, how does it affect construction? Well, obviously, like the building of terminals and all that kind of stuff and the, and the, and the windmills and the off, the off, uh, you know, the sea and the sandbanks and that kind of stuff. Terms of building that out, but um, that's another big, uh, big area, big opportunity there. There, there's big changes in in, in the area, yeah. It'll affect construction for sure. Well, Barrett, that's all extremely interesting in relation to the area of construction law, and I have to say, I've certainly learned uh, a great deal listening to you. I might ask you why the Construction Bar Association was set up in the first place. The Construction Bar Association, like any specialist bar association where you have uh, colleagues who work in a similar area and they recognize that there's a speciality there. In other words, there's, 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 there's law that's unique to that, you know, to that area. Um, and um, they, they come together and they come together and say like, okay, here's an area of law. We're all working in it. Um, you know, um, we need to, we need to have, uh, we need to have a pool of expert knowledge in this area and the only way we can do that is, is combining our skill sets and combine our our brain power experience our knowledge and also obviously when something has got a specialist bar association it gives us added status and um, because people who are members of that bar association people from the outside contact that bar association for their opinions and views they lobby that bar association and not just within the bar outside as well and um then that bar associations there's other there's other associations to do with construction law for solicitors and so on and so forth and they speak to each other and there's uh, the the uh, CIARB which is the arbitration association 
and they all talk to each other and then there's a passing over to knowledge and then it gets exposure for the people in the bar association say listen we're here this is an expertise that we have here's all our members here's our committee and um, we're putting on these cpds or tech talks as we call them uh, we're putting on an annual conference we're putting on you know uh, summer events we're putting on christmas events come over here meet who's here at the bar those potential clients um or solicitors they get to know who's in the bar association and then hopefully the work is passed on you know the, the networking is an organic it's an organic uh, exercise and you have to work away at it as we all know and it just gives opportunity for members to say there's a specialist in this area and it gives people on the outside uh, opportunity to get to know barristers who practice in that area and that's i mean that's why you start up a specialist bar association and it's very much letting the outside world know that there is an area of expertise here and showing them that now you might uh, illuminate us in that regard then bar as to what the what's on the agenda of the association at the moment yeah yeah we we have a fair i mean during the the lockdown our our main uh so i suppose the main event was our our tech talks as we call them which were kind of a monthly event um and james burke is our, our is our the chair of that subcommittee and he organizes all the speakers and all the events in association with the all the staff in the bar of ireland chief canarney and all these people are very helpful and uh, that was a regular monthly uh, sometimes bi-monthly event that was all done uh, remotely and stuff so that's that's one arm of it that one is continuing to go we're now moving back into hybrid uh, uh, tech talks then the other big event for us is the annual conference it's back in uh, now for the 6th of may that has a, a great speakers and uh, great uh, chairs of each committee. Um, they're doing it in three sections of three. And obviously then there's a networking event after and that. The same with the tech talks as well. And then we have an essay competition, the Santa Fe essay competition. We had that, that was inaugural year last year. Decided to kick that off. And that's open to barristers, solicitors, uh, academics, students, the whole lot. I think the essays have to be in by the 6th of June. And there's details of that on our website, on the Bar of Ireland website. Then we're also involved in compiling case law in the area of um, adjudication, which is the active area at the moment. Uh, there's, there's cases going through the course of the moment in terms of enforcement, and judicial review and all this kind of stuff. That's on our, our system as well. Um, we don't have our periodical uh, as well, which comes out every quarter, uh, there thereabouts, just with some notable case laws, both from Ireland, case law, case notes from Ireland and the UK. Then we have some social events, We've got a summer party. We have a, a Christmas party. They're, they're important as well because the thing about the Construction Bar Association, it's fairly unique because our associate members, not our full members, are solicitors, which is kind of a unique angle that we have. And then we have our own uh, research portal, uh, our codex is what we call it, on our website. And that gets, goes through going back, you know, since, uh, since we started in 2013, annual conference papers, tech talk papers, research papers. Um, and then we all reach we reach out to different universities and all that kind of stuff as well, Trinity College, UCD, DCU. So like there's a lot of work that goes on in it. It's very active the whole time. We're always looking for for new angles and new events. We do our own podcast now as well for the Construction Bar Association. So uh, that's something new that we started this year. So you know there's a fair amount there. My final question for you, Barra, is how do people get involved? I did notice and I did find the Codex, which I thought was a brilliant idea when I was looking at it, but that's on the website and I presume that will be a possibly the first port of call that someone might have to. Yeah, the website is, uh, we're, we're designing your website, it'll be out next uh, legal year, next October. Um, our, our, so, but you're correct, the, the website is one area to go to that gives the information on what we do 
and um, and how you can join. Come along to our tech talks. That's a good way of coming along to any of the events. The annual conference is open to members and non-members, as is the tech talks, and we advertise that on social media um, and directly to members as well and, and, and friends of the association. So we're all about a, an open forum in terms of people joining in. We also have in our in our constitution, we have to have two members of the the young uh, the young bar. Uh, we're actively engaging with the young young bar association or young bar committee in relation to junior members and running uh, running events and. One of them was the essay prize. That was that was one of the ideas. So we're constantly reaching out for for young members to 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 join us and um, to get involved with either just through attending the events or if they want to come in to the committee and have a more active role in how the how the bar association itself is run. So plenty of opportunity there to to join in and join them. Fantastic. Well, that brings us to the end of today's show. I'd like to thank the Bar of Ireland for supporting the production of this podcast series. I'd also like to thank Andrew Bradley for all his work behind the scenes. And last but certainly not least, I'd like to extend my sincere gratitude uh, to you, Mr. Barry McCabe, for taking time out of his busy schedule to join us for today's episode. If you would like to contact the show or any of our guests, please visit the Law Library website at www.lawlibrary.ie. If you would like to contact the Construction Bar Association, please visit its website at www.cba-ireland.com. Please keep an eye out for our upcoming episodes where we will hear from representatives from some of the other specialist bar associations. Thank you very much indeed and slongful. Mm-hmm.